Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Welcome back for the final time this season to the Jack and Joe Show. And hello as well to everyone joining us on the podcast this week. Truly honoured to be back in your ears um, and to everyone watching us on YouTube. As usual, thank you for tuning in this entire season. But Jack, how are you doing? Yes, very well. Thank you so much for everyone uh, for listening. Joe, it's the season review. The season's over. And for the first time in a few years, we're not sat here going... We are going to be in the Championship next season. We're going to be in the Premier League yet again. Um, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, would you believe it? We're in the same league next season, which is just sensational. Um, if I could have told my younger self that when I got started to get a little bit tetchy about being a mid-table club, I'd have to slap him in the face because honestly, what I would have given for that at the start of this season, and I'm so thankful that we're here. If you'd have offered me at the start of the season, 17th place, on goal difference, completely undeserved, last day of the season, ball's gone in off someone's bum, a bit like McDonald versus Leeds a few years back. I'd have absolutely snapped your hand off for it. The fact that we've done this so comfortably means we've actually gone slightly under the radar. And it was almost like from minute one of the season when we were really on it against Liverpool, potentially could have won that game. Um, we've never really been in relegation contention um, and for that reason, I think that Marco Silva's gone under the radar. I think a lot of our performances and signings have. Um, and at the end of the season, we haven't gone below 13th, which was game week two after Wolves away, um, which a game again, we could have won. A scorching day there, I've got to say. Um, but Jack, what are your overall thoughts on this season? How are you feeling right now? Um, and a little bit later, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go through some personal um, awards that we're going to give out to players and mm. moments from the season because I think it's been a great year, Jack. It's It's been the best season you could have hoped for. Like you say, 17th places, every, everyone wanted it. Everyone would have taken it. And and yet, and even coming into a league where, you know, it was going to be super competitive, you know, we, we were coming in as second, third favourites to go down with Bournemouth and Forest and Leeds and, and Everton and teams like that. And I just thought we're going to have to do wonders just to to keep ourselves in the division this season. The stigma that came with our with our with our club coming into the Premier League season, everyone was sick of the sight of us, really, because we were up and down, up and down. I've said it so many times this season, but we haven't looked back since since the opening game of the season at all, and we've had little periods in the season where we've gone two defeats in a row a few times. But but it hasn't been oh two defeats in a row. I'm I'm getting worried now. It's it's basically been actually you know what we could afford to drop these points because we picked up so many in the in the previous games leading up to that that poor run of form. And um, look, it's, it's it's just been you know from from players like Mitrovic, Willian, Leno, Paulinia, Tosin, Diop, just Reem. So many players have just exceeded expectations, and everyone's just gone. Not 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 so much at the back end of the season, but but at the start, everyone was like, "Wow, Fulham are actually really good and really competitive." And Marco Silva's earned the respect back of the of the of the the perception of him when he obviously went to Everton after the Watford and, and Hull job. It's just been the most amazing and 
what's more important, comfortable season. It's been extremely comfortable. And yeah, we've had low points. You know, losing to Brentford away is never nice. Um, you know, that last minute defeat to Newcastle, last minute defeats to uh, United and, and, and Manchester City. But if they're the lowest points in the season, then I pretty much take it. Um, and obviously you've seen that, you've seen that trajectory sort of yeah. graphic of the Premier League and Fulham have never really gone below 14th, I don't think. And that was right at the beginning of the season, um, I think. But yeah, just insane stuff, Joe. And, and, and hopefully we just push on now. I, th- I think you're right in saying that the Liverpool match completely set the tone for the season. We never looked back. I remember the first minute of that game, I was really, really pessimistic going into that game, as I remember you were as well. Obviously excited for the season to start, but sort of expecting and anticipating a defeat um, to a team that at the time we expected to be challenging for the title and might well again be next season. We're not sure. Um, and the, we just really kicked on minute one. I remember, I think it was Andreas Pereira, won the ball back high up the pitch slid it through to Mitrovic, who'd put it just wide. I remember thinking, we were really giving it a go here, minute one, and we never, ever looked back. And we gave the same performance to everyone. Every defeat that we've had by over a one-goal margin, I think you can put down to some sort of strange factor. Um, and by that, I mean Newcastle, you had Chalabar getting sent off eight minutes in. West Ham, you had the VAR controversy. None of those goals should have counted. Um, Arsenal, you know, we got absolutely battered when we were missing our best midfielder. It was just like, there's, there's a little asterisk by all of them. I'm not saying they don't count. Of course they do. But what I'm saying is we were competitive in every single game aside from very, very strange moments. And I mean, against the entire top six, top seven, if you include Newcastle into it now, top eight, if you include Brighton, who we beat mm. twice. Um, and Jack, I think it's time we should talk about some of our favourite moments of the season. Everyone will have different and it'll be amazing to hear yours in the comments. We're going to go through our personal match of the season each. We're going to go through our goal of the season and also our player of the season, although that one might be a little bit tough to call. Um, and Jack, I'd love to know what your favourite match was this season. There's so many to pick from, which is such a a great thing to, to have. Um, uh, it, it, it takes a long time to sort of make a decision because there's so many, but I think, I think to set the tone with your first Premier League win of the season at home to the rivals, Brentford, with a last minute winner with Mitrovic scoring, <laughs> assisted by a player who's not even here now really, and has been completely bizarre, um, eradicated from, from the squad, just all the ingredients of, of just a great magic moment. So for me, the whole game was great going to up against Brentford, in the, in the first half, conceding a really sloppy goal to let them back into it. They then scored and then they had it VAR. They had it chalked off and then they scored again through Ivan Tony, who gave it all that. Um, for those <laughs> who, who can't see and, and listening, I'm talking the Mitrovic celebration. And then for Mitrovic himself to go and get the winning goal. Um, and um, it was just after um, my birthday. So we went out and celebrated afterwards. The whole day was really good. And um, it was the first Premier League win of the season. Stamped our authority on it. Home win, 3-2, bish, bash, bosh. Brilliant stuff. It was such a good day and, uh, in, a, in glorious sunshine as well, Joe. Yeah, smiling, just think about, thinking about it. And I think that was the goal that I celebrated the most this season was when that went in. Mm. Um, and I was very tempted to put that as my match this season. I'm going to go for probably the one you expect me to go for now, which is Chelsea at home. 
um, for us Fulham fans, especially those of us that live inside London, although no disrespect to anyone outside, I'm sure you get the same treatment. It can be really tough having to put up with some Chelsea friends and well, acquaintances if they're Chelsea, I suppose, but anyone that supports them, because we've never really had anything to one-up them with. And this season we really did. And that win against them for the first time in 16 years, at the same end as where Boamorte scored, a peripheral figure in Vinicius getting the goal. It just felt like all that sort of anguish and sadness over the years was just relinquished for a second. And the the full-time scenes were wonderful, um, mm. And that was my match of the season, 100% in terms of just what it meant to me and everyone else, I'm sure, in the stadium and watching around the world. Um, the fact was that was our fourth win in a row as well, to put it into context. Wonderful night, wonderful atmosphere under the lights, as it always is. Um, and that was just a fantastic moment and uh, a day that I will never forget, I think it's fair mm. to say. Um, although I'm hoping that beating Chelsea becomes slightly more normal over the next few years and less of a rarity. More regular. <laughs> more regular. Uh, and wouldn't it have been wonderful if we'd have got the winner at Stamford Bridge? I think that would have easily been put right at the top. But alas, yeah. we got a draw. And that was still a good result at the time. Although looking back, was it a missed opportunity, potentially? There were mon- um, honourable mentions as well. I mean, yeah. um, Leeds away, Forest away, Villa at home, Brighton at home. Leicester at home, Leeds at home. I mean, I'm basically <laughs> listing all the wins we've got. Um, but but some, uh, of course, Brighton away. How can you forget? I mean, it was just just really good, not comfortable at times, but but just solid Premier League performances. And we saw that really early on the Brighton game where we went two 0 up. We were, we were pegged back, and we saw it out really well. And added time just stuck to, st- sticks out to me as just really good game management and. I said it at the time, just showed ingredients and characteristics you need from Premier League teams, from from what you've seen from from Premier League teams down the years who have come up and needed points to survive. And we never really had those minerals in us in 18, 19, and 2020, 2021. And, and, and finally, we were seeing that. And, and it, we were seeing it from a very early stage in the season. And um, it, it was just, it's just some of those nights, some of those goals, some of those feelings at full-time just relief. And I know we're going to have to do it all over again next season and try and do it again and stay up and push on and even go further. But just just remember those feelings that you had back in September, October, November, all the way through to the end of the season because um, they were they were really special. Really special. And what about your uh, what about your goal of the season? Is there a particular goal that stands out to you um that you 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 remember fondly? There's loads. I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go for Polina versus Leeds. Um, there's a few that I was torn between. Uh, one of which I'm sure you'll mention, but there was also you know Solomon's in the same game. There was Solomon against Wolves, identical. Um, there was a few that you could have put just because the celebrations, like the Mitrovic one or Vinicius we just mentioned. But in terms of the goal, I just think it summed up Polina to win the ball back like that, and then um, to curl it in like that is something that we didn't really see in his locker other than that game against Nottingham Forest away. Um, but just a wonderful finish. But the fact that it came with him winning the ball high up the pitch as well and really summed up him as a player, the amount of tackles and interceptions he puts in, I think was just brilliant. And, um, you know, at that point, that was an absolutely massive game as well because we were thinking we'd win this with one game from Wembley. That was still mm. true. Uh, and obviously it's gutting how that ended. But, you know, that put us into a quarter final. Um, and that was wonderful. Um, so that was my goal of the season. But what about you, Jack? There's still quite a few to pick from. 
Yeah, no, it's tricky because do you define the goal of the season by what it meant or just by pure quality? And I've actually gone with pure quality uh, from a player who we were just unsure of when when he joined the club in, in Willian. And now we're anticipating he signs a, another extension and stays on for another season. We, 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 we don't know yet, but hopefully that happens. It's his goal against Nottingham Forest, which has actually been nominated for goal of the season by the Premier League itself, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Yeah, get your votes in, by the way. You can vote on that. What a goal. I remember I was sat in the Johnny Haynes for this one, and I just like top bins. There was like two players on the line for 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 Forrest. He, he, he jinked in and then jinked in again. And I mean, the perfect place to put the ball. He couldn't put it anywhere else. Otherwise, it would have been blocked. It would have been cleared away, headed off the line. Amazing. Amazing goal in a performance, especially in that first half. That was so impressive. And I don't know how we weren't more goals up at half time. We then finished it off with Solomon's goal in the second half to make it 2-0. And back then, Forrest obviously lost their two centre-backs in the first five minutes. They had a nightmare of a start, but we ran them ragged in that game for the most part. And that was a very impressive performance. But what a goal from Willian. What a player he's been. Even that goal he scored against Leicester. Great goal. Yeah. Really good goal. Even the goal against Chelsea was kind of similar. Took a deflection, hit the post, but that jinking and that, that quality, the class is permanent from Willian. And he has just been such a revelation. However, he's not going to be in our pick of player of the season because there are other contenders. There are other players. And we were really we were really torn over player of the season. So we've sort of come up with two and we're going to give a case for both of them. Joe, do you want to start off with who you're going to say is your player of the season? Yeah, we've we basically picked two, which is a bit of a cop-out, but at the same time, I don't think you can blame us. And um, I'm going to go through the first player, and then after that, I'm sure you can guess who the second one is. I'm going to go about uh, Jao Polina, um, purely because you saw what happened when he wasn't in the team, and I think that's why he is going to potentially be the winner of it, although there is another very, would be another very worthy winner, as you'll go through in a second. He tops the Premier League for tackles by an absolute country mile. Everything that we're saying now, we've repeated a million times through the season. And he's our most important player, 100%. Um, You take him out, we're a different side. And it was a massive statement of intent to get him over the line as our first signing of the summer. Um, What I love about him is you can tell he really cares. um, And he plays like that every time he's on the pitch. Um, I think that he's improved his midfield partners as well. I think that he's really brought out the best in Harrison Reed, mm. taking a little bit of the defensive onus away from him, allowing him to be a bit more free, scurry around, um, put pressure on in slightly different areas of the pitch, knowing that he's behind. Um, but I feel so confident having him at the base of our midfield. And if there was, you know, one person we could keep this summer, it would obviously be him in my eyes. Um, Wonderful, wonderful player. I've absolutely loved watching him this season. I think it was very clear from the first game against Liverpool that we had a special player on our hands. Um, the fact he can chip in with a goal as well is wonderful. Um, one that I think even goes slightly under the radar was that last-minute winner against Southampton. I mean, at that point, we weren't you know, we weren't safe. I mean, it was looking promising, but that was a big result at the time. We weren't playing that well. He had an, an OK game, and then he just pops up with a last-minute goal, and his celebration was immense. Uh, and his lovely uh, sort of celebration with the boy in the crowd as well. So uh, Jao Polinia, I think, would be a worthy winner of player of the season, but he's not the only one that I'd agree with, Jack. Yeah, honestly, you can make a case for really a few players, but there is one that obviously will stand out as well, and that is, of course, Bernd Leno, the player we were 
you were definitely very excited about in the summer and I now understand why I you know I, I on paper I thought oh, good signing is a good upgrade on what we have and is a Premier League quality keeper but you know you can make the argument that that if if Leno is in goal for Arsenal this season would they have won the title good point. Um, it, it's a it's a bit of a stretch however you know not, take nothing away from Rams they had a great season but but we're so lucky to have a player in Burnt Leno who's overperformed he's actually sort of summed up Fulham as a whole team and, and overperformed in goal and made some incredibly good saves. One that sticks out to me is preventing us from going 3-1 down to Bournemouth at home and he pulls off a remarkable yes. save and we go on and get a point um, at a time where we were struggling for results and uh, just been really, really good. He was unlucky not to save a penalty at Manchester City, he ended up saving a penalty against Leicester. Um, but there's just just small things, um, big contributions came into the fold after the Brentford game. Rodak started the first two. Um, but ever since um, he came in, he's he's been absolutely insane for us. I think only Alisson's better than him in terms of, I, I always struggle to say the metric, but in terms of their expected goals against overperforming that. So like preventing the most amount of goals that you'd expect to go in. Only Allison's got a better record this season. Let's not take away from the fact that Fulham have conceded a lot of chances this season. Um, and Leno has kept us in a lot of games. Um, but in terms of the fee we got him for, I know we're going to have to pay Arsenal a little bit more now because we had a clause in the contract where if we stay out, we pay them an extra two or three million, I think. But um, the, the amount of negotiation it took, the amount of time it took, it was all worth it. Um, you know, Ariola was a great upgrade for us in 2020, 2021. However, we didn't really see the fruits of it because yes, he made loads of saves, but we didn't stay up and he didn't, I mean, he got us points, but, but in terms of Leno, it's, 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 it's night and day. Um, I just thought that, just think that Leno is, is the most underrated keeper in the Premier League and, 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 you're playing second fiddle to to Aaron Ramsdale as an up and coming keeper. He gets a move in London to Fulham, where he's going to basically play every game. And my goodness, he's he's proved himself to be just so important. And uh, as Paulinho is, you would make the case Leno for me is the first name on the team sheet because it all starts from the back. Um, you've got to lay those foundations, and and Leno's just been incredible, and I'm so pleased that he's. Uh, really, really, really got him his career back on track by going to Fulham, and what a move it was! What a what a brilliant bit of business from Tony Khan and Marco Silva. And Joe, I, I could speak for days about these players. There's some honourable mentions: Willian, Mitrovic, Solomon's little flurry, Issa Diop, Tosin's revival, Ream, Bobby Decord over Reed. I mean, it just just amazing stuff. Yeah, phenomenal team and worthy winners all over the pitch. We think it'll be one of those two. Uh, when it actually comes to the vote, which I'm sure will be open soon from the club, but any of them would be worthy winners this season. And it's wonderful that we're at a stage where next season we will be having the same players on the team sheet, hopefully all of them with some new faces. Hopefully we don't lose anyone key. Um, but, you know, it's not a complete rebuild. It is true that we have overperformed some metrics this season, and that is due to the brilliance of players like Leno in saving more shots than expected and the brilliance of Mitrovic and other forwards in scoring more chances than expected. There might be a slight regression, but that can be combated by just improving the squad. And we've got a summer to do that. We've always said in previous seasons, Jack, that 
the beauty about staying up that first uh, year is that three teams come up that you're automatically better than going into this window. You've got a better squad than them. You've got a head start. You've got more funds. Um, I'm not saying that we are 100% dead cert guaranteed to finish above them. That would be silly. Um, what I'm saying is that we have a head start and it's three more teams that we should be ahead of. I would just love another comfortable season next year. I don't want to get greedy and start thinking about anything more than that. Anything more than that would be a bonus. It's all about consolidating ourselves again and slowly but surely improving every single year if we can. There's bits in the squad that we can definitely improve. There's definitely players that we can upgrade without being harsh. I'm not talking about, oh, sell him, he's rubbish. I'm talking about how can we challenge him? Someone like Lukic coming in has really brought the best out of Harrison Reed. I would say, in recent mm. weeks. I would say that Lukic has been a wonderful signing so far just by what he's done to Harrison Reed. Even though we haven't had that much of a chance to see what he can do yet, I'm sure that will come next season. Although he has got the nod in some interesting games so far, for example, at Anfield and at Old Trafford on the weekend. So I think that's all that's left to do, Jack, is to look ahead to next season and... What are you hoping for this summer? Like, without na- necessarily naming loads of names, what position in terms of the squad are you hoping to be in when we get the ball rolling at the start of August? I think it's like mid August this year, actually. Mm. Who do you want to make sure is still here? And which sort of areas in terms of positions of the squad are you most keen on taking to the next level? Oh, it's so tricky. It's so tricky because everyone deserves their place in the team for next season. But you look at someone like Leicester and they, they did not recruit in the summer and they've they've been punished for that in relegation which could by the way was complete no one saw it really coming maybe some people made a case for it back back in the summer but no one saw it coming with the quality they had um therefore it's even more poignant and even more important now that we we do upgrade and change small things and still keep continuity in the in the in the squad because that's also important so competent second options at fullback for left back and right back is important. Um, someone to just give Kenny Tete a nudge and go, you know what? I am, I am good enough to play in the Premier League and I will hunt you down for your, for your spot. And the same with Anthony Robinson. I don't think Cedric Suarez, it's necessarily works out for him. Um, but, um, and also at left back, like Akazo has been unlucky with injuries this season, but uh, Robinson's pretty much had left back on lockdown, this whole season. I think with Shane Duffy departing and Ream obviously reaching an age where who knows what he could do next season, but I wouldn't put it beyond him to play another, you know, 30 plus games next season. But I think we'll need another centre-back. That's regardless if Tosin goes or not. Just a bit more competition. And then I would go with another 10 because Andres Pereira needs some competition. And if we're going to stick to the same system, we do need to rotate because I thought Pereira had too much responsibility uh, to the point where his performances were starting to um, regress a little bit, which was frustrating. But then again, he was very, very good the majority of last season. And then depending on what happens with Solomon and Cabano, we'll find these out in the next few weeks. Uh, Another maybe one, even maybe two wide options. Um, Just to refresh it, obviously Dan James is going back to Leeds as well. So we're basically going to have Harry Wilson. Right now on the books, we have Harry Wilson, Bobby Deacord over Reed, uh, Willie Ann. F- chime in if I'm if I'm forgetting someone, but in terms of that, we need another couple of wide options, and then a second striker. Obviously, Vinicius has done very very well, but I feel like we need a different profile of striker. 
maybe someone with a bit more pace, even like, you know, Jokeret is, is the name that everyone's banning around. Um, he's tall, he's physical, he's also fast, but maybe a slightly shorter, speedier, getting behind sort of number nine or, you know, a striker. That would be where I would be most interested. I think midfield, if we keep Paulinho, who's obviously the most important player to keep, do we need another midfielder? Maybe. Maybe. I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on that. I agree with everything you said. I think there's potentially a few more positions I'd add in terms of depth options. So, for example, the backup to Polinia. Um, mm. Really interested to see what happens in terms of the box-to-box midfield option because we've obviously got Reed and we've got Lukic, who we think was brought in to play that position. Um, are we going to leave it there? Are we going to keep the system as it is? Are we going to stick with the more attacking profile? Are we going to go with two box to box? I'm not sure because Pereira might not be back for the start of the season. Obviously, we hope he is. I think depth for Polina's position is absolutely integral, regardless of if he goes, because I think we've seen that when we had Reed and Lukic, Silva played Lukic deepest, almost in more of the deep-lying playmaker role that Seri took on last season. That was against Brentford and... Arsenal obviously didn't quite work in those games. He was very new to the team as well. Um, but perhaps he doesn't fancy Reed in that role. And if that's the case, and I think you need another defensive option there that has the same profile as Polina in being just a complete stopper of anything mm. coming through. Um, I think another position that will be interesting, even though it's maybe less of a concern, is the goalkeeper position. I don't mean, yes. I don't mean replacing Bern Leno. I mean the backup to him because... Let's face it, I don't think Rodak's going to be happy, as you wouldn't be, with only playing a couple of cup games every season. And, you know, if you get to the last stages of the cups, he also loses his place there. So, you know, um, I think it would be in everyone's best interest if he was to move on. I'd love to see him playing football somewhere else. I'm sure he could find a team in the championship where he could play every week easily. He's definitely at that level. Um, And he performed very well against Liverpool uh, it was a bit shaky against Wolves, but still kept the clean sheet, I seem to remember. Um, so I really hope the best for him. And yeah, I think it's all about raising the base level of the squad now. I don't think it's about raising the the ceiling in terms of signing an absolute star. I think it's just about making sure that that bench is of a higher quality next season. And by that, I mean, for example, you're getting rid of potentially Shane Duffy. You're not, you don't replace him with another bench filler you replace him with a quality signing that could start and will push Diop and Tosin and Reem mm. and equally and instantly your bench has improved your options have improved um, it's all about just raising that level um, it will also be interesting to see if other players such as Harris such as Stansfield um, end up going out on loan I think that would potentially be the best option for them um, Stansfield, I've seen shouts for him to be involved next season. You know what? I'd, I'd be all for it if that's what if Silver thinks he's ready. I think another loan potentially in the Championship might be the better next step. But equally, as I'm sure you'll go on say now, Jack, when he performed against uh, Brentford at home when we won three two in your favourite match of the season, he was brilliant. Almost scored. Yeah. After a minute, it was Reed who put it away in the end. Bobby decoyed over Reed. You're right though. There are question marks because if you start to bring in more quality and suddenly you're an up-and-coming player in the academy, you're thinking, where's my place? True. And you do need to fill a quota in the Premier League. You need homegrown talent. The, the Jay Stansford one's going to be interesting because he didn't absolutely light up Exeter in League One, but he did get a hat-trick on the last day of the season, which was incredibly important. And of course, all the 
the emotional attachment that came with that move as well. We, he would have he would have had a great season, basically, regardless of what he did on the pitch. It was just such a wonderful story. Um, so for for Jay, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Exeter for another season in League One. There, but I do think there is quality there to where he could maybe play higher up in League One or in the Championship, or like you said, even on our bench. And I would I would love it. I would love it. There's also a case for Rodrigo Muniz, who's coming back from yeah. Middlesbrough, and he has a he's had a poor season because he was not used by Carrick when Carrick came in or very, very sporadically was used. And they got into the playoffs. He was nowhere to be seen really in the playoff picture. Just a lot of question marks over, over a few players. I'd like to see Luke Harris in and around the squad. Then again, I want him to have game time and not just PL2 game time. I want him to have proper men's football championship league one experience. And I think that could be an option for him. It's great that we're just sat here and we don't have any sort of, negatives to talk about oh but what about this and what about that it's all very positive how can we progress how can we get better how can we finish higher on the table um it was actually quite apt that it was Kenny Tete who got our final goal this season I think he's been the underrated player of the season for Fulham his performance at Chelsea was in, in incredible his performance on Sunday at Old Trafford was very very good and I, I think we'd be remiss if we ended the podcast and the video without talking about Kenny Tete's contributions, also Anthony Robinson's contributions to the team, because they were players, especially Robinson, who had question marks over his defensive capabilities coming into a Premier League season. And I think he's been awesome. I think he's been brilliant. And obviously Kenny Tete as well. Just, uh, I just love Kenny Tete so much. He's such a good player. It's it's almost strange because what you said there is absolutely true in that. I'd say last season, we were all sort of under the impression that um, Kenny Tete was wonderful defensively and at that point didn't offer too much going forward. Every now and again, a wonderful cross to Mitrovic and that was almost it. Whereas Robinson, there were question marks defensively, Mm. but were very confident in him in attack. It almost feels like the opposite has happened this season in terms of what they've been best at. I mean, Mm. Tete's still been wonderful defensively and Robinson's still been a great outlet on the left. Um, but Tete has provided five assists. He's got a goal now at Old Trafford. Robinson has been an absolute rock and pocketed some wonderful players this season. And together, I think they've just given a wonderful balance to the team. And um, I would say other than the off, the odd game where one of them's had a slightly below par performance, I mean, neither of them's ever had an absolute shocker. Um, you know, maybe there's been a couple of mistakes here and there, but they've been so steady. Tete's injury record was also a worry. Uh, start the season and other than one spell uh, pre-World Cup um, and a a suspension for one game with a yellow card I think he missed about a month of action and that was it you know he's been ever present other than when Cedric got the nod in a couple of three game weeks Um, I've loved watching both of them it's been wonderful that the championship back four we had last season has even started together several times this season and not only at the start of the season when we hadn't recruited others yet but also when we had a full squad and they were just performing very, very well. And I mean, honestly, Jack, if you'd have told me that after that Benfica game in pre-season, I know it's pre-season when we lost 5-1. Mm. I believe that was actually Joe Bryan starting rather than Robinson on the day. Mm. Uh, but if you'd have told me that we were playing that back four, you know, in games in April, for example, I'd have been really, really concerned. But they've all stepped up. And I think everyone in the squad stepped up. No one has regressed. Um and I think that's been the wonderful thing about this season is heroes have come from everywhere. Cabano's been great. Bobby Reed stepped in 
Uh, Harry Wilson's had a great run of form at the end of the season. Even players that have been less involved. Dan James, great Everton performance. Goal against Manchester United at home. Solomon had a wonderful run of form. Uh, Vinicius stepped up when he needed to. You know, it's just like players have performed in all positions, in all areas of the squad at some point this season. Some have been more involved than others. That's always the way, but it's just been a wonderful team game. Joe, I think before we go, we need to talk about one man, um, Marco Silva, our manager. Um, Because without him, this wouldn't be possible. Um, He had a vision for the club to get them into the Premier League and keep them in the Premier League. And he's, and he's done that. And uh, yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to, to, to ask him questions this season. He's been really nice and comes across very, very well. But away from that, I just sort of wanted to get into what he's done for us. And, and actually, I was going to start with a negative, which is the fact that when there has been players that haven't worked out this season in the likes of um, Kevin Mbabu and Nathaniel Chalabar, He's very quickly identified that and wanted those sort of people away from the squad. Um, and 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 that is a mark of a ruthless Premier League manager and, and someone who wants to protect the squad and have good squad harmony, good squad continuity and no negative characters. And I think, you know, summer going forward, you need to hire the right characters to sign um, going into a, a new Premier League season in a competitive league. But in terms of what he's done, you know, almost getting a record points tally, the, the, the amount of away wins, the record amount of Premier League wins, it's it's mainly all down to him and his coaching staff, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, he's so ambitious. He's ruthless, as you say, but that's just because he wants the absolute best for the club. And um, Vinicius did a wonderful interview just before the Man United game where he said how fair... Silver was, and that's coming from the the backup striker of the squad. He's just saying, you know, there's 25 players or however many it is, including youth players to manage, and he's fair to every single one of them and gives you the opportunities. Um, just everything about the club has improved. Um, you know, I think that he's had some say in sort of the atmosphere changes, the little things that we've done in the crowd. Um, I'm sure he's had some input into that because it's all come since he's joined. Um, the things that he's done in terms of the mentality of the club last season in terms of, no, we don't want to get promoted. We want to win the league. This year it was, we don't want to stay up. We want the record points tally. And we nearly got it, very nearly got it. Um, He knows that we were close to getting far in the FA Cup in terms of going to win it. Um, I think he just gets the club and he wants to take us to the next level. And I've loved it. The set pieces have improved the best I've ever seen since following the club. They're just absolutely wonderful. Um, the only thing to sort now is his contract and I hope that it's done very, very soon because yes, we have one more year with him regardless, you know, unless he suddenly leaves right now, which I don't think is going to happen, touch wood. Um, I, I did it as well. You might not be able to hear it, but I am touching wood, Chris Wood. Um, it's just, you know, I remember that we did a live stream, Jack, on uh, the day that Marco Silva was announced a couple of years ago. And I think you are more confident in it than me. I was a bit hesitant because of everything I'd read about how he'd left um, Watford specifically for Everton um, and how things hadn't quite worked out second season at Everton as well. Um, he's proved everyone wrong, me included. And we said that last year. And he's been a wonderful asset to the club. His passion is unmatched. Yes, he can get in trouble for it sometimes, but you can never say that he doesn't care. And I would much rather he gets a couple of suspensions and yellows and things like that for sticking up for the club, quite rightfully at times, 
Um, and he says it how it is as well. So I just really hope that we can get this over the line, get him contracted for another few seasons and he can continue taking us from strength to strength. We saw him get off the coach and chat to Fred. It's clear he wants to take our midfield to the next level. Um, <laughs> he's always seeking out new players. Uh, it sounds like he puts in the groundwork really early. He was chatting to Pereira when we were in the championship, according to an interview with Pereira, and just basically sounding him out for when we got promoted, which shows his confidence. Um, it's been a wonderful season and he is the mastermind behind it and all his stuff it's great he just thinks ahead i know you know as a manager you have to think ahead you have to prepare you know you look at like so brentford and brighton the way they recruit it takes a you know months and months of planning in, a, in advance to get things right and make things tick finally my final question to you joe before we go and and uh, close the curtain on what has been a remarkable season for the jack and joe show um Will we make a marquee signing this summer? You mentioned the, um, you know, not signing stars, but you, you would think that maybe it's on the cards of a marquee signing. I don't necessarily know which position that could be or what player that could be, but but there is a possibility. Definitely. And I feel like it could come either at centre-back or on the wing. I feel like that's where it's got to be. Um, I mean, you know, Polina last summer, I suppose that was a marquee signing, even though it was only for 15 million, just in terms of the, the quality of the player. And of course we want that. Um, what I meant by the raising the base of the squad was just improving the squad as a whole. But, you know, if marquee signing comes along, happy days. Um, the fact we're in London and we're now more stable is a huge plus. Um, and we got some wonderful players in last season that I don't think we would have been able to do had we been in a different region of the UK, had we had less money, um, had we not had Marco Silva. So Marco Silva is a huge piece of the glue and we need him to stay so that everything else falls into place because people clearly want to play under him. So I definitely think it's not out of the question at all that we sign a marquee signing or two. And let's face it, we've got the we've got the funds for it. I think that we're okay FFP-wise, we hope, according to the last reports we read. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're hoping that you know we, we have cash to splash. I mean, we don't want to do it for the sake of it. You know, we don't want to make huge wholesale changes to the squad and ruin any harmony, but Silver's very ambitious and I'm sure he's already outlined which positions he wants to improve on. So we're going to lose Southampton, Leeds, Leicester. We're going to gain Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton Town. Incredible story, honestly. And, uh, and that's it. That's it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening um and it's just been an absolute pleasure to do the jack and joe show this season we'll be back next season hopefully with another season of uh ups and downs and all sorts of nonsense because this is fulham football club and it's never simple but um it's always very very good fun thank you so much joe it's been an absolute honor we're going to take a couple of weeks off and then we're back with the transfer show that's the plan we're very excited, but we're ready for a bit of a rest. Super excited. The most wonderful time of the year is only a couple of months away, people. And in fact, time of filming, 31st of, of May. Dare I say we're only a few months away and a day, because I think it's at the start of September from the elusive deadline day. But the transfer show is going to be super exciting. Uh, Jack's been a pleasure all season, as always. But thank you as well to everyone that's watched and listened. Uh, throughout the season your support's been incredible and it's been wonderful to share a season with you that's been slightly more relaxing because let's face it I think it's good for all of our health that we're not um, completely stressed out every week whether it be for good or bad reasons 
honestly. And uh, I completely agree. And uh, Fulham finished the season 10th in the Premier League. What an achievement for Marco Silva and Fulham Football Club. Thank you so much, Joe, for the final time. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jack. Very emotional. Very emotional. Guys, thanks so much for watching. And come on, Fulham. Fulham.